Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. Hey, you found us again. This is Matt Tebby. I'm here with Ben Hardman. This is the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Today, we we get so many great questions on email. Some we just respond to via email. Some we put on our Patreon platform and respond there because we want to share some more intimate or detailed stories. Uh, but today, we got a question about how to cast vision as leaders and how to do that non-coercively, but also not passively. So how do we not fall into the ditch of controlling everything? That's a good question. Or just... You know, being passive and like going with the flow. Um, and so every time I say go with the flow, I think of uh, Will Ferrell and Elf. You know, when he's in the mailroom and he gets uh, <laughs> he gets he gets drunk. He's a little tipsy. He gets a little, tipsy. a little tipsy. He's laying on his back, and the guy's like, "I I gotta just go with the flow. Just go." With, he's like, "No, I gotta get out of the flow. That's why I'm in the mailroom." Anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> so we're gonna get to that real quick. But first, I uh, just wanted to do a couple brief announcements. Yes. Uh, one, we want to continue to thank our Patreon members. Uh, mm. There are really good conversations going on there, and uh, your continued support is really important to us and significant. Thank you, thank you. And uh, there's just some good stuff going on there, uh, some some conversations that I think are uh, helpful and good. Uh, and uh, also, October 8th through the 10th, we are going to be doing the Gravity National Gathering. Yes. Uh, in uh, in Atlanta at your church, uh, which right? I'm ben? excited about at my place. You're yeah, so you get to come and hang out with us. Uh, we've done a, we've done a lot of things in kind of Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, and so I'm excited to get to know our southern audience. Yeah, uh, and some folks from the area and from the community. And so just mark your calendar for that. We'll have lots more information coming out about that. But October 8th through the 10th, great. Uh, is that's that's what's happening. All right. Well. Without any further ado, here's the uh, episode. Today is a reader, a reader, a listener, Q, a listener Q and A episode. So um, this uh, this person has actually been through our. Uh, Gravity Leadership Academy. Yes, and um, and so uh, this person knows. So one of our axioms, friends. If yes. you haven't listened to our axioms series, um, that's the first several episodes of our podcast, and I'd encourage you to uh, listen to it. There's take a, courage. A, take courage and do it. Take courage and do it. 
Um, but anyway, it lays out kind of our, we call them our seven um, axioms for missional theology. They're axioms yep. for seeing the world like Jesus. Um, and we've found that they're really important uh, foundational um, uh, touchstones, foundational assumptions that Jesus seems to make about reality, that if you don't at least grapple with these things and uh, learn to start assuming them, uh, you'll find it very, very difficult to be a disciple of Jesus. That's one way of saying it. Yeah. So can I read the uh, email? And then yeah. you well, can one of up? our axioms, here, here's the deal. One of the axioms I wanted to say, uh, this is what this email is referring to. So one of the axioms that we have is that God cares about all of it more than we do. Hmm. So whatever you care about, God cares about it more. That seems to be an assumption Jesus made that allowed mm-hmm. him to pray and something he taught his disciples. So this question relates to that axiom. Matt, yes. read the... Uh, you can read the email there. Yeah. Hey, Ben, I've been binging on Gravity Venues. I don't know what that means. I think just, uh, I don't know either. What's a but, venue? Yeah, uh, maybe like a, a channel a channel uh, of content. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, podcasts this time instead of Learning Labs. Here's the question that keeps coming to heart. Is the coronavirus a hoax? Yep, it, and which was really <laughs> weird because he wrote, this, uh, he wrote this email back in 2018, so it's a prophetic email. Uh, well... Uh, let's let's call him uh, John. John, coronavirus is not a hoax. Yeah. But Corona Light is a hoax perpetuated by people to get you to try to drink bad beer. Mm. So don't drink Corona Light. Okay. All right. Next question. Next question. Yeah. No, uh, he says, here's a question that keeps coming to heart. If God cares about it more than we do, all about it, more than we do, is vision really all that imp- important or helpful? In other words, if vision is valid then is it more short-lived adjustments than long-term controlling of outcomes? Hopefully that makes sense. Yes. So uh, another way to frame this, at least the way that I heard the question, is that I think, I think inside of what uh, John is talking about with vision, I think he's also talking about strategic planning. Mm-hmm. I think what we would think of as strategic planning. And so uh, the picture that emerges for me is uh, the conflict that John's having in his mind is, if God cares about all of this stuff, that you know, if I'm a pastor of a church, and I'm running my church, and I'm leading my church, if God cares about my church more than I do, wither vision and strategic planning. What are they for? Like casting vision, kind of like you know, leading out into the future, uh, creating energy toward a, an outcome. You know what I mean? Like all building, of these things that we A building learned. campaign, perhaps. A building or, campaign or like... Uh, we're leaving our building and we got to find a new place to worship. And so we, you know... Or just like, what's the theme of the year? And what are we rallying around? And what are we doing this year? You know, that kind of thing. I think, I think that's where the question is. Like, what, what's the deal with all that stuff? You know what the theme is for uh, the table for 2020? I do, well, oddly, no, I don't. 2020 vision. 2020 vision. <laughs> Makes you wonder what percentage of churches have 2020 in their 2020 vision. You know, you know? If, if you're listening and you do, then we're laughing with you. Yeah. We're laughing with you. It it's makes almost, sense. It's almost too perfect yeah, not the, to do it. Yeah. And why, why wouldn't you? You're not going to get a chance really ever to do this again until the year 10,220. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway uh, back to the email. So well, here's what comes to mind, Matt, for me. Tell I wonder me. if you want to just chat with me about this a little bit. In my mind, I think there's two ditches. So a lot of times, I think when people have a, we call them a Kairos moment. So if I hear that God cares about it more than I do, one of my Kairos moments then is, what do I do with vision? And I think that oftentimes what's happening in people's minds is that they think of two ditches that neither one 
seems to be attractive or or godly or faithful, and they're not sure if you're saying one of them is or if there's a different way to go. So the two ditches that emerge for me as I think about this question are, one, is that vision and strategic planning are really all about goal setting and controlling outcomes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's it's a very top-down I'm the pastor of the church, so I have a vision, and here's where God is taking us. We're going to do this and this and this and this and this this year, and then we've got a strategic plan to like lay out, here's how it's all going to happen, and then my job as a leader is to like take this vision that's going to mobilize everybody towards action mm-hmm. and make sure it happens. That's how we'll know if we've been faithful well, that's how, to the that's vision. That's how you know you're a good leader. That's how you know you're a good leader. Can you execute the strategic plan? Can you execute the strategic plan? And let's just be charitable and assume that I really believe this vision is from the Lord. Right, like this is God's will for like our church. A minus or better vision. Yeah, it's, it's like good, good vision. vision. Yeah. It's not like let's all you know uh, burn it, down. It doesn't the city. violate any of the Ten yeah, Commandments. Yeah, yeah. So it's good vision. It's mm-hmm. we want to you know reach more people for Christ, or we want to whatever. Yep. And I'm, I keep pointing over to this wall. You guys can't see this, but for some reason this is the vision wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the vision. That's the ditch. and then and yeah. So this is one of the ditches. Here's the vision, and then I try my best to make sure that people get on board and make this happen. And I'll feel good at the end of the year if we accomplished these 18 things that we said we wanted to accomplish, and if people are excited and mobilized for 2021. Okay, so that's, that's vision. That's one ditch. Okay, and why is and that, that a ditch? Well, I think that's a ditch because if I think what jo- John is saying is if God cares about this more than I do. I think what I'm feeling in that is like, maybe I shouldn't feel all this pressure stress and or pressure to make something happen. If God cares about this more than I do, like, why am I working so hard to make people do things? So the question, you know another I mean? question is, how does my agency participate with God's care? Yes. And that brings up the next ditch. The other oh, ditch then, okay. the other ditch, so the one ditch is, I'm going to control the outcome. I'm going to make something happen through vision and strategic planning. I think the other ditch, and this is where people's minds go, which is why they have a Kairos, the other ditch is, I'm just going to, I'm not going to cast any vision. Hmm. I'm going to wake up in the morning and just see what happens, because God cares about it more than I do. Let go and let God. Yeah, let go and let God just, you know, take the wheel, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Jesus, Uh, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Um, That's one of my celebrity crushes, by the way, Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Can I I confess that here? My wife knows about this. Okay, all right. She's, this is a safe place. She's got a really good voice, and she uh-huh. seems like she has a very nice personality. She does. It seems like she a has heart, a, very, yeah. a heart of gold. And she <laughs> heart of gold. she sings about Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. Somewhere like a fourteen-year-old Matt has like a little crush on her. <laughs> anyway, we're good. You brought up Carrie Underwood. And now do, I'm all. Yeah. I'm all. This is a safe place. Flustered. Yeah. Um, My so mind's anyway. going hither and yon. Hither. Carrie Underwood pictures yeah. and mm-hmm. go, just keep talking. Okay. Right. Right. So. Uh, so yeah, that's the other ditch. The other ditch I think that people imagine is that I have to let go of vision and strategic planning. They have no place because in in casting vision or strategically planning something, I am being faithless because I'm believing that I care about it more than God does. So I think those are the ditches. I think the ditch is if God cares about this, what am I doing? Why would I plan anything? Because God's just going to make things happen. Yes. Yeah, so I'm either a control freak uh-huh. or I'm passive and hands off. That's right. Those are the two ditches. Those are the two ditches. I will take passive and hands off as long as I can still get a paycheck. Yes, <laughs> that's uh, that's the problem. Is most of us uh, do most, uh, that might be an interesting question. Like which ditch, which ditch feels better to you? Because mm. for some people, that ditch would feel like a torture chamber. Yeah, right. For them, they're like, no, keep me. I'm keep me in control. Right. I want to stay in control. That's probably you, though. Right. It probably is me. Yeah. I if I if I don't have, although I don't know, Matt. As I get older. <laughs> 
you care you just want to i don't know i feel like i would uh, i feel like as i get older i'm like i just kind of want to hang out at my house with my dog and just like <laughs> go for walks <laughs> be in nature there's a there's a cartoon know, it probably would drive me crazy. there's a cartoon uh i don't know if you've seen this cartoon is this guy throwing these papers up in the air oh yeah and it says forget this stuff yeah yeah but it doesn't say forget this stuff yeah yeah you know and he's throwing it up and then the next scene is <laughs> never mind it's thursday i still need these yeah, yeah. He's picking everything <laughs> up <laughs> yeah yes yes that's that i think is me is like i imagine myself loving that but then it's like probably two days of that and i'd be like it's, never mind it's never tuesday mind. i need to accomplish something by wednesday so yeah all right, anyway, so we, we probably tend to one of those ditches. Those, but are, I, those are the ditches because I think because uh, not because we've um, accepted controlling and passivity into our hearts, like we're, we're we're sold on those things. Right. More so, it's like an imaginative crisis. Right. I don't if know God what else is, would it be. And this yeah. is John's question: If God is present at work, mm-hmm. how would I then participate with His work, mm-hmm. and how does planning strategically fit into that? Yeah, that's right. a, that's the question. Well, John, just Google it, man. Just Google it and see what comes up. Mm-hmm. Or we could talk about it. We could talk about it, and All then right. maybe after we talk about it, uh, this will come up in the Google search. Maybe this podcast episode. <laughs> Great. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you throw out some ideas here, Ben? I've I've got ideas. All right. Well, one of my ideas is uh, just this: that um, at least the vision part of this, the vision part of this, does not need to involve control in any way, um, because I think oftentimes we equate vision. I've seen this happen in, in church conferences mm. before. For example, uh, a church leader of a church denomination was talking one time, I heard this, overheard this, and said, hey, our vision for this next decade is that we're going to have X number of leaders ordained, mm. and we're going to have X number of churches planted. That's our vision. And I thought, that's not really a vision. Why, why not? I don't. Th- I don't think it's really a vision because... That seems to me like a goal. That would be a goal. Okay, so we, what's our the difference goal, between vision and goal? I think vision is what you see. Vision is, vision is what you see that doesn't exist yet. But I think it's different from the concrete kind of nature of that is just a goal. There's no, there's no vision to it. It's just a goal. We want to have this by this time. Hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. a goal. Mm-hmm. A vision is, here's the reality that... I see that I think God is inviting us into, uh, and the vision, that's just it. That's all it is, is declaring that reality. So a goal, though, is easy to measure, Ben. Yes. So if we say we want to be, we want to have 150 people mm-hmm. averaging a week worship by the end of 2020, Yeah. right? Yeah. You can assess and measure that, Yeah. right? But uh, whatever this nebulous vision you're talking about, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't even know how to start measuring that Yeah. or assessing whether or not we, we did it. Yeah. Maybe that's why goals get confused for vision. I think that's why they get confused for vision is because it, it is difficult to measure a vision that you can't really measure. It. That's a, that's almost a confusion of categories in my mind. I think a vision is like where what we see that that's not here in its fullness, and where and you know it it, it provides an orientation for us. So can I give an example of this? Yeah. One of the vision, uh, one of the pieces of vision for the table is we want to empower and equip. Uh, people in our church to discern mission locally and then gather around what's discerned locally. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's the vision. So we are uh, investing in and equipping people unto that. Yeah. And we've begun to reap some benefits of that, mm-hmm. meaning we've, 
we're hosting a couple people who are seeking asylum in America, some yeah. people from Cameroon and Uganda, yeah. Yeah. in families in our churches. And that's something that people discern locally as a way for us to be more than just, you know, we can all be outraged about kids in cages or, mm-hmm. or people entering illegally. We can all be outraged about that. Or we can maybe open our homes and create yeah. places of hospitality. Yeah. Right? Some way to have some skin in the game of mission. Right. right. Yeah. So that's, that's, that was the vision then. Uh, and that's different than the goal of we want to host seven refugees yeah. by the end of 2020. Right. Yeah. Or the goal of assuming, because part of the, and I think we should talk about this, part of, part of our connection with refugees in our local church was a surprise. We weren't looking for it. You know, like we hadn't, we hadn't predetermined that mm-hmm. this is how we're going to locally discern mission. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that part of, part of vision, it has to be, um, I think it has to be, vague is the wrong word, but it has to be, um, we, can't, we can't take vision and assume how it's going to work itself out and assume that that will mean that the vision is taking place. We have to, we have to cast the vision in a, in a different realm. So like you said, we want people to locally discern mission. We want, we want to be able to do that. So that's a, that's a pretty open-ended statement. Now, if we would have said, and here's the how we'll know that that's happening— we will have X number of missional communities, you know, in X number of neighborhoods by, you know, 2021 or something like that. So it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it strikes me then that uh, in, in that vision, we can assess how we're doing, not necessarily based upon outcomes. If God's present at work and God's always, mm-hmm. uh, God cares about it more than we do, yeah. then we aren't in charge of outcomes. God yeah. is. Yes. But what we do is we... Uh, we can, we can, we have agency over. Are we investing in these people? Yeah. Do they know what these words mean? Yeah. Can they reflect back to us mm-hmm. and and perceive and yeah. understand what mission is, what it isn't? Yeah. How to discern grace? What's a kairos moment? How to gather around it? Mm-hmm. How to mobilize people for mission? Yeah. Or is that are those just buzzwords for them? Yeah. Do they have no? Yeah. Is there any experiential mm. sort of uh, fly flypaper on which for that those words to stick? Mm. Or is that just abstract yeah. abstractions? Yeah, so that that's good. So this we do assess how, and measure something. We do. That's true. Yeah, I, I uh, we are definitely doing that. Like part of the evidence. Do we know that this is happening? Right, and we would say yes, we we do because we, there's two refugees living with us. You know, possibility of more. Um, but I think part of the work of leadership then is to is to talk about that vision, to cast that vision. But the vision is, here's how we see mission. Here's what we would love to see. Here's, uh, you know, the, the, the vision that we have is that these kinds of communities would be forming all over the city, um, and they would be ministering on mission in all kinds of different uh, neighborhoods, in all kinds of different relational networks, that kind of thing. And then when an opportunity like this one comes up, then I think the task of leadership is to name that and, and say, hey, this seems like something that God has brought to us. Because we've had our eyes tuned into this reality uh, of mission, we've had our eyes tuned into this, uh, to this reality of the kingdom, this uh, is something that we're paying attention to. And then I think we can call people into that, call people to participate, call, ask, the, ask the right questions, and then name, and then begin to name for people, this is it, this is how it's happening. Which yeah. I think gives people more and more concrete representation about oh, the vision is happening, which further opens their eyes to it happening further. (laughs) 
This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10-month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you, so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission, and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com academy. So what I hear a little bit of a distinction here, and, and we're just using language technically here to draw distinctions rather than saying these words always mean these things. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <clears throat> but what you're saying is like, if I have a strategic plan, my focus is on managing external outcomes and metrics mm. that um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I could pro- – so we could have hosted seven refugees by the end of this year, yeah. but it may not have been what God is doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It may be something we're kind of doing in our own strength and making mm-hmm. things happen, and, mm-hmm. and and the cost of that is we're missing where we could be investing our time and resources. Yeah. In in good ideas, right? Hosting more refugees isn't a bad idea. Right. But if there's not grace there, uh, sometimes we are uh, kicking against the goads a bit. You know, like mm-hmm. it's hard. It's like it, it's all hard work, but it's it's work out of our flesh rather than work. And in align with the spirit, yeah, in cooperation with God's grace. So then, so then, a vision yeah. though is about uh, things that we do have agency over, which aren't necessarily externals, but mm. like, but forming and shaping of people, orienting and directing, uh, like an institutional focus. Yeah, right. Is that? Am I hearing this right? Yeah, I think so. Right. I think the way the way uh, the way I put it, I'm just reading my email back to this guy. Oh, you didn't tell me you had an email. Oh yeah, what's right here? Um, oh, look at that. But I'm, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking at my email back to this guy and thinking. I think it lines up with what you're saying here. Um, so I, I wrote to him. I said, "Vision isn't the same thing as strategic planning or execution. Mm. Vision is just what you see. It's a picture you paint for people that helps them move towards something together. Again, it doesn't try to control them and make it happen, but it helps." to have some vision, to know where are we going together. A leader, I think, mm. paints a picture of that. And I think that's something that you can do. If God cares about it more than you, that's fine. You can trust that um, that God will speak to people as you paint the picture. So uh, it's the reason we are together as a church. It propels us into the future. It's not a foretelling of the future, and it's not a trying to make the future happen. It's a picture of the future that helps us move toward what we're doing together. It's framing reality for people so that we can move together. Hmm. And the story I thought of is, um, you know, the Israelites inheriting the land um, in the Old Testament, and they send in the spies. Remember this? Yes. Caleb and Joshua. Um, And they come back, they both see the same thing. Caleb and Joshua both see the same thing. Well, Caleb and Joshua and the tens, right? The ten spies. Um, Caleb and Joshua come back with, uh, we can do this. God is with us. The land is full of giants. Yes, you know, but like we can do this. God is with us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other 10 come back with the vision, we can't do this, right? So which one was true? Um, This is a test. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, Yeah. I'm having flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I was a youth pastor. Uh, you. What is the gospel? It seems like <laughs> it seems like Joshua and Caleb 
mm-hmm. were the ones who had God's mind about it. Yeah. They were able to see the land and see the grace that God was giving them for it. And the other, so, but, you know, basically both visions are true. We can't do it, you know? Um, and that's actually the one they followed, <laughs> right? So we can't do it uh, was the one they followed because in their own strength, they, they couldn't really do it. But yeah. Caleb and Joshua had the mind of the Lord. They said, with the Lord's help, we can actually do this. Yes. So, so wh- what am I taking from that? Um, I think that, I think it just further helps delineate, for example, the difference between strategic planning and vision. Okay. How, how are we going to take the land? What are the next steps? I think yeah. that's part of it too. And maybe we should talk about that too. Well, like, how do we take steps together I would and plan strategically? S- yeah. And I would even say like, <clears throat> so you and I, so here's another example. It's, it's really hard to talk about these things abstractly, I think. Yeah. It's much easier to build generalities from particularities than it is to talk about generalities and apply them to particularities. Mm-hmm. That That's just a sort of a given that you and I have in terms of how we discern things. But yeah. we've been trying to start our local discipleship groups for oh, yeah. months and months and months. Yeah. And if I, I felt at, I don't know, dozens and dozens of points, I just need to make a decision, make this happen, and kind of... Uh, decree mm-hmm. how this is going to be. Mm-hmm. And it felt like every time I did that, I just stopped and I was like, is this my impatience? Is this my need for to resolve ambiguity? Mm. Right? Is this my lack of wanting am I am I am I listening to projected and um like almost fantasies of people being like people griping or grousing or grumbling because they're obviously wilderness people mm-hmm. like who are who are upset at me for not leading more efficiently yeah. like i just i just had to check like wh- what am i moving out of here mm. to resolve the ambiguity that i don't think is resolved mm-hmm. but just to resolve it because we're i'm done with it mm-hmm. right yeah and so every time i just sort of i just stopped and just kind of waited and mm-hmm. so uh, finally, some more things appeared that made it increasingly obvious what we needed to, we needed to do. We're mm-hmm. going to meet on Sunday mornings. And so uh, I moved tentatively forward with that. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, in the last week, another thing has changed. So we're going to go from two groups to three groups uh, this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, because our groups are too big and because, uh, Ben, you decided to start doing some pastoring. <laughs> In my spare time, right? I You're thought just going to add this to your it. list. Yeah, yeah. No, so Ben's going to also help lead these groups. He's also leading another group, and um, and so things are emerging. But here's what I'm noticing about this: hmm. I have this tendency to want to uh, resolve ambiguity, hmm. to act out of anxiety, mm-hmm. to to be seen as decisive mm-hmm. and efficient yeah. and a good leader. Yeah. All of those things can shut down my sensitivity and participation in what God's doing. Yes, there's. There's so much ambiguity in Scripture, mm-hmm. so much dealing with things not being the way they could be or should be. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus is constantly around people doing things he doesn't want them to do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There's just so much of that. Yeah. And so I'm learning that uh, a lot of my leadership instincts mm. to manage outcomes come from this anxiety, this controlling self that yeah. wants to... Uh, basically manage external realities mm-hmm. so that internally I feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of uh, Steve Cuss, who we had on the uh, podcast a while back. He oh, talks Steve really, Cuss. really well about this. He, uh, his book, Managing Leadership Anxiety, is yes. really uh, clarifying when it comes to some of these things. 
Um, and I think uh, that's that's really important part, and it's and it's part and parcel of everything we do. One of our other axioms is whatever God does through you, He also does is in you. Mm-hmm. And so our leadership is not just this sort of uh, skill that we have that we apply to our communities. It's actually the crucible in which God is sanctifying us. It's it's and as we learn to pay attention to our own anxieties in our leadership, we actually become better leaders to help others pay attention to their anxieties and and grow in our ability to kind of live in Christ. Um, and I, I, I wanted to say, too, that just like you were saying, Matt, that your anxiety would push you to make a decision and control an outcome, our anxiety can also prevent us from making a decision because we don't want to be seen as, you know, like you might want to be seen as decisive, but maybe there's another leader that's like, I don't want to be seen as mean, and so I can't make this decision, yeah. right? Yeah. So the same anxiety that propels us into action unfaithfully can prevent us from action, yes. which is equally as unfaithful, yes. right? So the key is to be able to recognize your own, we call them Kairos moments, to be able to recognize, what am I, What am, you, you mentioned the word pivoting out of, and what I hear you say in that is like, what's my motivation yeah. here? Why am I so eager to make this decision? What work would this decision do for me? Yeah. Yeah, if, I, I want to tell myself this is good leadership or this is me helping my community. Right. But really it's resolving some need I have Yeah, that maybe God wants to meet. Yeah. Maybe God wants to meet me there. Maybe he wants me to hold that space open and not mm-hmm. resolve that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And that's the good news behind all of our... I mean, this has been so helpful for me. The good news behind all of my leadership anxieties, the question that John asks is kind of a... What I hear underneath it is a little bit of anxiety about like, I'm not sure what to do here about casting vision. But I think what it always comes down to for us is pay attention to where you feel anxious or afraid or angry um, and meet God in those places. Uh, Because like making decisions out of those places almost never does any good work for us, yeah. right? We can tell ourselves it's it's good work, but it almost never does any good work. And the good news that's behind all of that for me that's been so helpful for me, is realizing that God wants to meet me there, not to scold me for feeling afraid, not to give me a pep talk, uh, not to try to inspire me to be a better leader, but to to legitimize the need I have to say, I know that you need to be reassured right now, and I will reassure you, and I'll give you... Like, it's it's knowing that the Lord wants to meet me in these places yeah. and meet those needs so that I don't have to make a quick decision in order to get my... in order to lower my anxiety... <sighs> I can meet the Lord in the midst of my anxiety and and know his presence there. Yes. One other thing I'm noticing about strategic plans, or, I mean, just plans. I mean, we mm-hmm. make plans all the time. Yeah. But um, I think that in order for us not to get caught in these two ditches of passivity or being a control freak, is we, um, like, we make we make plans, mm. right? And then James talks about this. You rich people who say so-and-so, I'm going to do this tomorrow, I'm going to mm-hmm. do that tomorrow. Like, you're such a. You think that your affluence and wealth mm. are the means whereby you control the world. Yeah, is what James is saying. Yeah, and he's saying actually, what if you just permitted the Lord to interrupt those plans, if yeah. the Lord wills, so yeah. and so. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's the way I understand James, and the way we the way we inhabit that is we. And some people this this causes kairoses for some people, <laughs> but like, a, we see plans that fail, as grace. So it's God telling us something or revealing something we need to know. Yeah. Rather than failure isn't an option, or failure means I'm a bad leader, yeah. or failure means we didn't try hard enough. 
So yeah. whatever whatever failure happens, we can experience all those feelings. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, failure is a communication from God to us. So we we expect failure to happen. Yeah. We embrace failure. At least this is part of the vision. Failure yeah. failure doesn't mean that. Um, if nobody shows up for the DNA group, it doesn't mean like I did a bad job or they're bad mm-hmm. people. It just means what didn't I see? What didn't I notice? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, and two, um, we recalibrate all the time. Yeah. So we pulled this groups together last Sunday. Yeah. I had 11 people in mine. Uh, another young man in our church had 12 people in his. Then four more people came out of the woodwork during the week and said, <laughs> hey, I want to. Like they literally crawled out from under the floorboards. Yeah. No, they just Where were you this whole time? <laughs> You were spying on our freedom. Yeah. They, they, they just said, hey, we want to be in this too. So now these groups are like, our groups are typically no more than eight. So now they're just yeah. really unmanageable. Really yep. Then you step forward and say, hey, I feel like I should uh, lead a little bit. So this Sunday, we're going to have a meeting with our people. This is going to mm-hmm. be news to them. And we're going to say, here are, the, here are the factors that are complicating this meeting. Mm-hmm. Here's our best guess on how to resolve yeah. that. And... I know this is difficult. I know this is hard because we just started mm-hmm. meeting last week, and this was a group you fell in love with. You guys were already doing trust falls and sharing your life together. But like, we're gonna <laughs> we're going to yeah. um, break, take these groups and make them three. And I think there's just permission over over time. Like we give each other permission to recalibrate, yeah, and then we create the expectation that there will be calibrations and recalibrations yeah. in this. So don't fall in love with any form, with mm-hmm. any decision. Mm-hmm. Right? Our attachment isn't to the external form. Yeah. Our attachment is to the Lord. Yeah. And sometimes we have to leave uh, Trophimus sick in Miletus. Yeah. You know, sometimes you gotta just, sometimes you have a dream about uh, a Macedonian telling yeah. you to come. Yeah. You know? And sometimes that happens right after the place you thought you were gonna go, you were prevented from going. Right. Right. And so... So I guess for us, then we just expect that we'll make plans and that they will change. Yeah. And that provokes a lot of kairoses for people who like to spell everything out, put it on a spreadsheet, engineer mm-hmm. things, blah, 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 blah. And people who like nothing but spontaneity, who don't want any plans. Mm-hmm. Because you have to make an, you have to orient yourself, you have to direct yourself, you have to make a plan in order for change to happen. Yeah. So the image that comes to mind then, like just say like if you're in the control freak ditch, like and you want to get across a body of water, you need gas for the motor. Mm-hmm. You need to know the direction to point the the bow. Mm-hmm. You need a compass, and then you just put that motor in the in the water, and you just hightail it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just get across that water. Right. Yeah. Those of us who who like are more easygoing, passive, we sort of get in the boat and we and we pull the motor up and we just pray, God, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. <laughs> You know, yeah. and we just kind of float. We wait for the Lord to turn the motor on. If you, you know? want me to get across the this, you'll, you'll send a wave. There. You'll yeah. row me there. Jesus, take the oar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's. And then, yeah. I, but here's what I think. I think, I think we have to go. God, where would you want me to go? Uh, mm-hmm. I think maybe Caesarea. All right. So we get in a boat and we put up a sail and we prepare to go to Caesarea. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we see how the wind blows. Yeah. And we see, you know reports we get from Caesarea on the way. Mm-hmm. And we see how people are doing in the boat. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to, uh, sometimes we get a headwind, so we have to go up up, up lake a bit, mm-hmm. right? Just to make it towards Caesarea. Yeah. And we go up lake a bit, and we see another town on the shore, uh, and everybody's moved to go there. Mm-hmm. So we go there. Mm-hmm. Like, th- that's the kind of uh, relationship, I think, yeah. between God yeah. cares about it more than we do, mm-hmm. and how do we make plans, and that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, what you're describing, Matt, is what, yeah, what uh, in the leadership world is called adaptive leadership. 
Oh, yeah. That's adaptive leadership in its essence. And one of the best metaphors I've heard uh, about adaptive leadership uh, from Todd Bolsinger is from his book, Canoeing the Mountains, where he talks about the Lewis and Clark expedition, where they their expectation was, they had a vision, right, to, to find uh, the Pacific Ocean and to find the waterway. Uh, what did they call it? Remember the the something passage? Mm, it's the not Northwest the Northwest Pass? Northwest Passage, yeah. Was that it? Yeah, so it. they were looking for that. And so their expectations, their assumptions were that there is a waterway, there's a river that goes all the way to the Pacific Ocean. And so they prepared and planned for river travel, not right? True, Lewis and Clark were very, uh, uh, they were river experts, and they brought along people who knew how to navigate rivers, canoe, canoe people. Uh, but then, of course, you know, anybody uh, in seventh grade geography knows what they hit. They hit the Rocky Mountains. And they had no idea how to get over mountains. They didn't know what was past the next pass. And so they had to uh, w- go from expertise-oriented leadership into adaptive leadership, where they had to make yes. a lot of these decisions yes. on the fly. They had to learn and then make a step and then learn and then make a step, realizing that they could not learn 15 steps at, at once. They had to learn one step at a time. And it's, it's a hugely needed skill, I think, in, in today's church world, because the culture we're navigating is very different than it used to be. It's, yeah. not, it's not just rivers all the way to the Pacific. It's, there's the Rocky Mountains. We weren't expecting this. You know, we, we, you know we had a, we've had conversations on this podcast uh, several weeks ago, you know, talking about all the, the new world of, like, gender identities and all mm-hmm. this stuff that we as Christians, we were not expecting Mm-mm. to have to deal with this stuff. Mm-mm. But we have to deal with it, and we we can't deal with it by going back and doing another three year degree on you know postmodern ministry, and, and now we, there's 15 steps. You can't know the 15 steps at, yeah, at yeah, once. Yep, you, you just have to get, take one step and learn. Yeah, and listen. So if if this interests you more, I think Canoeing the Mountains, Todd Bolsinger is a great resource, a good, book. a good book that lays out the kind of leadership we're describing that's able to hold uh, making decisions, orienting ourselves in a direction. Trusting God cares about it more than we do, but also not just going passive or being a control freak. Yeah, and 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 really, it's it is adaptive leadership. It's learning how to be agile within decisions mm-hmm. that doesn't disorient and confuse and and frustrate the people you're leading, right? But empowers them, and yes. they become part of yes. uh, the team that's uh, recalibrating and mm-hmm. discerning and yep. moving. So yeah. that that book, managing leadership anxiety, is another good one mm-hmm. to look up. And I also, uh, I think... Uh, the Bible? Sh- you want to mention the Bible? Well, I should probably mention the Bible <laughs> as a Christian. No, I wanted to say um, Gravity Leadership Academy. I know what? we talk about it a lot, but I'm serious. Really? Gravity Leadership Academy. Don't act so surprised, Do we do man. this? We, uh, like, we, this, is what, this is what it's all about. It's, it's yeah. about uh, 10 months of actual training, not just a book. Books are great, but it's not just a book nope. of information. It's actual training. You get to bring your own life, your own ministry to the, mm-hmm. to the context of the call. And so these kinds of questions can come up and we can say, all right, John, like, where are you experiencing this tension? You know, is it time for the 2020 vision campaign and you're not sure you want to do it and everybody's expecting it? All right, well, we can talk about that. How's the Lord at work in the midst of that? Where's the Lord at work in the midst of your anxiety about that, about your congregation's expectations? And we really help coach people through uh, that stuff. And um, so anyway, I want to commend it to you. We're always starting new cohorts. Um, so if you commend check it, it out. then I will recommend it. Yep. Recommend, commend and recommend. Again, all these words, I don't understand the difference between them and why we have, like, when I say I want to commend something to you, uh-huh. or I, want to, I say I want to recommend something to you, yeah. does, does that just mean I've commended it to you before and now I'm doing yeah. it again? Right. You didn't listen to me the first time, so now I got to <laughs> recommend it. No, I think, 
the, the difference between reading Canoeing the Mountains and going through the Gravity Leadership Academy is Canoeing the Mountains tells you about a reality that you may not know how to enter. Yeah. In the Gravity Leadership Academy, we, we describe a reality and we train you how to inhabit it. Yes. And I don't know anybody else that does that, that breaks down this kind of leadership into discrete, practical, concrete practices yeah. that actually helps you increase your capacity and change your imagination for what's possible. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Are, I you, think that, are you hearing me here? That's a, a good re re recommendation. <laughs> All no, right. No, it is. Uh, it is really important, I think, to, to hear that, that we're, I mean, yeah, I don't know, I always feel a little bit uncomfortable because I, I don't, we're not trying to be like braggadocious about it, but I'm blowing. Hey, I'll toot your horn, you toot mine. Yeah, that way we good. don't have to. All right. But uh, but it is it. It's the difference between reading about how Lewis and Clark got off, got across the mountains, and being in the expedition, and mm-hmm. you know being led by Sacagawea, and you know everything yeah. that they had to do. It's it's the difference between getting across the mountains and reading about how they did it. Yep. So, so it makes a big difference in a lot of leaders' lives. If you're hitting mountains and you want to learn how to cross them. Uh, with a hat tip to Todd Bolsinger, join the Gravity <laughs> Leadership Academy. That's all we have time for today. Hopefully you have gathered something from this that is helpful or has provoked another question for you. Please reach out to us, podcast at gravityleadership.com. We love your questions. It helps generate content for you and for us. And obviously, uh, if you're having the question, we trust other people are too. Yep. All right. Thanks, friends. Peace. Peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com join you'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.